0: Hello and welcome to the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts. I'm Stephen Hedges. In this episode we're heading off to Monmouthshire, an Abergavenny cricket club, and travelling back in time to 1995. The club that season had engaged a young Indian cricketer by the name of Ashish Kapoor, who after agreeing to come to the Gateway of Wales, had made his test debut for India in the series Against the West Indies in December 1994. He went on to play in four tests and 17 one-day internationals for India, primarily as an off-spin bowler, which in view of the season he had for Abergavenny is rather surprising, as we'll see. I met up with long-standing players and administrators of Abergavenny, Paul Sussex and Ryland Wallace to talk about the club, 1995 and the very special innings. It's a a very warm uh, welcome to the CC4 Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcasts, to two uh ex-players of uh, Abergavenny Cricket Club, Paul Sussex and Ryland Wallace. Good evening, gents. Good evening, Steve. We're going to look at the, the year 1995 and that season. But before we do any of that, uh, how about you tell us a little bit about your own uh, cricket playing careers and your association with uh, Abergavenny. Paul, do you want to kick off?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I joined the club uh, at the tail end of 1976 Having been played, played my cricket, village cricket with Glangrini and before that the Crick Owl Cricket Club. Started playing in 77. I was like a first change team bowler, a lower order batsman. Um, got in side a lot of the time because in my early days, because of my fielding, I played pretty consistently for the first team. I went on to be captain uh, for four years, uh, 1994 to 97. And later on, having been on the committee for some years. I was elected chairman, post I held until I moved from Abergavenny down to uh, West Wales. I was honoured with a life membership uh, sometime around the time I was, uh, I was, I was chairman. And uh, I've been like a one-club man for, for that 46 years, really. Uh, OK, that's lovely.
2: But Ryland? Yeah, I joined Abergavenny Cricket Club in 1983, so quite late, really, at the age of 32 having played uh, all my previous club cricket for my hometown of Cowell, which is just half a dozen miles up the Esk Valley. So in 1995, the year we're focusing on, I was 44. I've been a first-team player for 12 years, captain for three years in the 1980s. And during that season, I was the wicketkeeper, generally bracketed in the front five, and I don't think I missed a league or, or cup much. Um, in all, I played for Abergavenny for 30 years. I would say 15 of those in the first team and 15 in the second. And then I went back to Krakow, but I maintained a close connection with Abergavenny. Over the years, I'd been involved in some of the youth stuff in Getting teams on the field, being a committee man. Like Paul, I'm I'm a a life member.
0: Um, Yeah, we are going to talk about 1995, but perhaps Paul, uh, do you want to say a little bit about the club in general? You know, uh, when it started, um, a brief history, if you like? You proudly say that we were founded in 1834. In
1: 1985, I think it was. Was it 85? Uh, Was our 100? Anyway, we celebrated 150th anniversary and Rylan and myself had something to do with uh, capturing uh, the 150 year history in a, in, a, in a book booklet that was drawn up. And um, that reflected on some social aspects uh, that were prevailing at the time of the club, as well as the actual cricket in uh, cricket inside of it. We, we had some somewhat of a nomadic existence in the early days where we didn't have a settled uh, field and it wasn't until um, 1896 I think it was when uh, the Marquis of Abergavenny uh, bequeathed um, Avenue Road which was known then as Penna Pound to the cricket club. So it's 126th year we've been on this ground now playing and um, uh, obviously in that time we've we produced some decent cricketers. Uh, we've got a little bit of history with Glamorgan, going back to um, Guy O'Daly, who played played a bit for Glamorgan. More recently, obviously, uh, now passed away, but Malcolm Nash. Moving on to you know the the current crop, which was um, Mike Powell and Mark Wallace. The other connection with Glamorgan is we had Kim Norkit playing for us for a while and he was an ex-Glamorgan Glamorgan player. And way back in the olden days, we had people like Dr. Tassona and um, uh, J.R. Jacob, um, who were very eminent people in Abergavenny that uh, played a lot of, in those days, they played county county cricket, like Monmouthshire against Gloucestershire and uh, all different counties. And so we, we've had quite a strong tradition uh, we were known at one time for being a little bit of a aloof as a club. But uh, more recently, as Ryland will probably attest to, we've, um, we've become much more of a community
0: facility, really, and with a lot of emphasis on, um, on youngsters. And the ground has hosted uh, some Glamorgan games in the past, Ryland?
2: It must have been 15 years or so, Paul, of, um, of, of, of a county game every year. Uh, and it was a very popular venue. People seemed to seem to flock to watch the games there. Um, a lot of a lot of nice coverage from the national press as well. Um, you know, journalists from the Guardian, the Telegraph, the Times, and saying lovely things about the ground. And uh, and it did look a picture then with um, with um, a few stands, tents, chairs all the way around, and you know the. Uh, the mountains around, it's just so picturesque. And, it, and um, we had some fantastic players who, who played there. I mean, um, uh, you know, Viv Richards and both them and Graham Hick and, and many more. I think it's been a club of some distinction for a long time now, uh, a century or more. Uh, you know, uh, fortunes vary on the field. But off the field, it's been very strong administratively. Financially sound. Um, there's been um, a terrific ladies' committee for decades, um, who've sorted all things out and raised money. We've had um, a clutch of often retired people, uh, as many clubs do, you know, work in voluntarily. You know, used to call them, do the last of the summer wine gang. Um, and, and, and um, at the moment, um, the youth system is absolutely thriving.
0: Thanks ever so much, gents. That's a lovely uh, uh, picture you've painted of, of the club. I want to take you back now to that season 1995. On the eve of that season, what state was the, the club in? How were the first 11 performing? Where did you feel you stood as, as a club? Can you remember that?
2: But overall I think we, we were in reasonable shape um, you know we'd, we'd done pretty well in the 1980s into the but obviously the, the year before was not a very good season that
1: we didn't uh, in 94 we didn't have a pro um, we were relying mostly on very senior players um, and a crop of youngsters that were coming through um, obviously they went on to be very good but at that time they
0: lacked uh, they lacked um, experience in senior and senior cricket. Uh, and what were the competitions that you were um, uh, taking part in at that time? Well we were in the three counties league which was uh, didn't have
1: promotion and relegation. So w- wherever you finished you know you knew you were going to be playing in that league. Um, we always entered um, some, some of the, the, the league cup, the, the, the league ran some cup competitions. we played in those. And obviously in the midweek, we played um, in the Macy Shield. You know, the 20, the Monmouthshire knockout that used to be called um, that became the Macy Shield.
0: What sort of clubs were playing in the Three Counties League? Do you want to go through a few of those?
1: Yeah, by all means, there was, um, there was quite a, a strong English contingent in there. Uh, there was um, Breeden, Brockhampton, Chepstow, Siren Sester, Clevedon, Colwell, Dumbleton. Froster, Hereford City, Kington, Lidney, Panteg, Pursho, uh, Malpas, um, Ross, Tewkesbury, Us, yes. and uh, mm-hmm. Wingate. Um,
2: I mean, it, it was a three counties league, and, and when I remember, it was it was initially Hereford. Gloucester, Herefordshire, Gloucestershire, Monmouthshire, all all went, and um, it it became more and more. I mean, Gloucestershire was a heavy representation on Monmouth, and the standard was 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 good. I would say, you know, people like Adrian Dale and Steve James came through the league. There were there were some um, pros on their way up or down. Andrew Caddick qualified and played for Clevedon. He broke my hand actually. Uh, um there was Paul Jarvis Hereford always had a West India a Barbadian in a very fast bowler Hereford City uh, there were Dale Alcock and um Ricky Alcock When not to play really first class cricket didn't they ball the, the league seemed to grow over the years. At the end Paul we we were into two divisions weren't we yes. and and and, and, and Abigail was the first team and another indication I think of the strength of the league I think it was in the mid 90s around 1995 where the village knockout final
0: in lords was contested between Froster and Kington Paul you you would have been captain for that season can you remember the discussions around hiring a professional for 1995 yeah there was I I've got a, a vague memory of it, um, prompted by some, something I've
1: seen in the, in the, in the newspaper cuttings. Um, there was um, a, a small um, subcommittee pulled together uh, a, a list of uh, CVs that, w- that, that, that had been sent in uh, from overseas. And um, having studied them, uh, we plumped for ashish. Um, who at that time hadn't played for, for India. I think we'd started having an overseas or a professional player from about 1990 onwards. Some of them were uh, as a result of allocation, but others were uh, overseas players writing in, offering their services, you know, uh, and then us choosing choosing someone from from that list.
0: OK, let, let's move on and uh, move towards perhaps the details of that season, which will Make us realise what how good a decision it was. What were your first impressions when meeting Ashish? I didn't really know what to expect, but uh, I very quickly, um, because of my role
1: as captain, and I was uh, his main source of transport. Um, I I collected him from his, uh, his his place of living for virtually every game in, in my car. Very quickly, we become you know good pals, and uh, he was. He was clearly um, a very, very dedicated um, cricketer, you know, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't here for a jolly. He was here to do well, you know, and that that was uh, that came across quite early on uh, in uh, in in meeting him.
0: Did he settle into life in Abergavenny quite easily, straightforwardly?
1: I'm not sure it was straightforward. I know um, he found difficulty with uh, the diet, and um, he also suffered um, a fever when not long after he, he came to the country and in actual fact he played his first game with a temperature of over a hundred I think he took a little while to um, to find his feet and some of the Indian community uh, in and around Abergavenny area took him under under their wing and um, that helped him settle even quicker then you know because um, he was able to um, to spend time with with uh, with that community um, and eat eat the food that he was more used to, I suppose. Like
2: like Paul, I, I think I was struck immediately by the fact he meant business. You know, he, he was there to uh, perform as well as he possibly could with bat and ball and to win as many games as possible of whatever kind, actually, for um for Abgaveni and he was always immaculately turned out, you know, his preparation before he, he batted, if he, the kit was all laid out, and you'll remember this, Paul, he, he, he had this sort of um, um, strategy where, quite odd, really, he would, he would, he would, he would, he always opened the bat in, he'd put his, all his gear on, his pads and everything, and then for 10 minutes in the changing room, he'd, he'd sit down and, and read a book, we just, you would not allowed to speak to me, just sit there and as if he wanted to just turn his mind off, anything to do with cricket, and then, mate, I'm ready to bat now. And uh, heaven knows what bat he, bo- book he was reading. You know, he took enormous pride in his performance. He never missed a game or opted out of a
0: game. He, he played, you know, midweek tourist games a lot, really. Interesting what you're saying about his impact on the team. It's clear that there were other members of that 1995 side who were... Impressive and putting together some good scores. Mike Powell, in particular, in that early part of the season, was very influential in the first few games. Who, who else was was kind of either performing well or, or responding to having this new professional around and, and kind of you know improving their game? I don't know. I wouldn't single out
2: people, especially um, Michael. Did have a very good season, and I think he was he was the player of the season. We had a tradition of not giving it to the pro. The I mean the 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 outstanding player was Archie. It was a, as Paul intimated earlier. It was a strange sort of team we had, where where there were there were the older ones like Paul and myself in their forties, and uh, Gareth Meredith and, and a chap called Kyle Holmes, who's we for a long time. And then we had we had a clutch of you know really promising youngsters. Mike Powell was one. Ben Ben Morgan was playing for Glamorgan seconds. Uh, Owen Dawkins was playing quite a few. County seconds around the place. Um, what struck me about the team was it throughout that season it really didn't change very much. People seemed to be available, and I don't think we we operated on any more than about fifteen. I don't know how much influence Ashish had on Mike. Uh, I think on the rest of us, you felt oh, we've got a test player here. I want to show him I can I can play a bit. And uh, was it particularly unusual for a player with test? experience oh, to come yeah. and play at club level yeah it's just, it's just a total one-off I mean we signed him and then it was a total shock when suddenly he's in the test team and then beyond that he fulfilled the contract you know I, I can't imagine any examples of current test players actually turning out for a club side one summer it, it wouldn't happen now and I'm not
0: sure it would have happened in the past much it was just a it's just strange, very strange. Before we get to the one match that I, we're particularly interested in uh, and Ashish's performance, do you want to tell us a little bit about him as a batsman and him as a bowler? I mean, as a batsman, he was elegant.
2: And that's what I remember. He he was very, you know, he stroked the ball around to all parts, very tight defence. He was, you know, he seemed to be able to place the ball where he wanted to a lot. You know, he, he had a, a range of of late cuts, you know, he just watched the ball onto the bat. He was a he was a lovely batsman. And a, as a bowler, he was an off spinner. Uh, he turned turned the ball. He bowled in you know, a quite you know quite a lively sort of pace. He you know he pushed it through a bit. Against left handers he was pretty deadly because he was turning away from the bat and he from the bat, and he had um he had a quicker ball as well, which um, was a bit scary initially keeping wicket to that.
1: It's important to remember that he was a test player because of his bowling. He batted he batted ten or eleven for uh, when, whenever he played for India. Um, but you wouldn't have thought that seeing him batting, but um, his bowling uh, was phenomenal. Really, I mean to say, um, a, a Ryland has told me in the past that you know you could you could you could hear the ball spinning, you know, like a fizz fizz on it. Yeah, he could
2: um, sometimes, yeah.
1: He did have this knack as well of bowling it at different paces, but using the same action, mm. letting it go a little bit later or a little bit earlier. And um, mm. he was just phenomenal, really. And uh, his, his work rate, you know, he'd open the batting and then he'd open the bowling. And then there was no restriction on bowlers in those days.
0: Very often bowl right through. He'd already put together some decent scores before the game uh, uh, against Swansea. Do one of you want to put the context of that game, what the day was like, what you were expecting, whether, whether anybody thought that there was a big, you know, a beginnings innings on the day for somebody? I was always expecting him to score a lot of runs in, in every game I played. And
1: when he did sometimes um, give his wicket away, as I thought, um, I remember once at Malpas, he after 20 odd overs, he was of a 45 over game, he, he'd well past 100. And he got out, you know, and I thought, well, he had another 25 overs. He could, he could have scored a lot more runs. I, I used to have a, a, a bit of a dig at him in, in, a, in a playful way then. Um, but I always expected him to do well. In this particular game, I just expected the same that, you know, I didn't expect him to score a triple century, but I, I, I expected him to, to, to bat well because um, was a good wicket at uh, but for batting on uh, generally. It was a proper league match. It was the Crown Buckley Welsh Cricket um, Championship game um, against Swansea. I scored for the whole game because I was back in 11 and I used to do a bit of scoring. It was phenomenal, really. Uh, you know, uh, it just went on and on. It's got 180
2: or something against Dumbledore. and has um,
0: 170
2: or 179, yeah. Um, so he could score, but 300 is just ridiculous. It, you know, it, it, it is, I mean, and I, I, I remember that. What's remarkable is uh, we mean, He's got a three hundred and seventy-five. I remember. I, I I can remember watching much of that, and he, he was in so much control that he, he he took. He was he was endlessly taking a, a single off the last ball, of the over. So you know, others didn't have much of the strike, but he was he was absolutely you know at his mm-hmm. at
0: his peak there. He was he was just putting the ball wherever he wanted. And in terms of attacking strokes, w- which were the ones that some um, seemed to, you saw repeatedly on that that day, were they cover drives or were they straight drives or, think, or was uh, it every, was it all round the wicket? And, he, he wasn't
2: all round the wicket
0: player. He definitely. cut and pull and hook.
2: Yeah, he he, he 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 cut it. He cut beautifully. You know, it's often quite late. He yeah, he hooked. He pulled. He he drove. He. he I, mean, I can't remember um, any shot he didn't particularly yeah, he'd have. You know, he did in those days you didn't have reverse sweep or anything like that? But
1: um, yeah, yeah. about yeah. hooking. Uh, I remember against Cleveland, Kevin Jarvis, the ex Kent uh, uh, opening bowler. First ball of the the match,
0: Ashish hooked him for six. The very first ball of the of our innings. And yeah. what about the tempo of the innings? I mean. Was it kind of straight from ball one or the first over, and just unrelenting until the end of the the fifty overs or whatever that you were playing, um, or, or or did he have to kind of reset himself and a uh, hundred or two hundred? What did it I think, think he like? was
2: scoring quite quickly from the start.
1: You're talking, a bit,
0: you know, just under eight and over really
1: for for the fifty overs game. You know, uh, it was relentless and uh, it was also. Um, he just kept going and going. You know, the tempo didn't change, to be honest with you, uh, Steve. Mm. He played some lovely shots. There was no slogging. And each ball, whatever it was pitched, it went where it should have gone, you know, in terms of um, the batsman. And uh, I, was, I was purring in the, in the box
0: uh, doing the scoring, obviously. <laughs> mm. And outside of the two teams, how many people witnessed that innings that day? Can you remember?
2: I wouldn't have thought that many it was a Sunday afternoon game. It was
0: famously they said
1: in the paper that uh, having had twenty five thousand roar in the morning India, there were twenty five people present. <laughs> <laughs> so they used that uh, analogy in the in the in the paper, but it was probably somewhere something like that. I would have
0: thought. And was there a lot of publicity after the after that match and that innings? That Did... there was a, a full page spread in the News of the World. There was lots in the Western Mail
1: and. Graham Clifton did a piece. Um, Ryland and I were interviewed <laughs> on the, for a BBC Wales uh, news item, sport item, by the now deceased Bob Humphreys. Yeah, yeah, uh, that was quite an uh, an interesting piece where uh, they took some filming of Ryland uh, keeping wicket to him out in in the middle, and uh, they interviewed Ryland and myself, and also interviewed Ashish and showed a little bit of him batting in the nets as well with some of the, the club players bowling at him. Uh, so, yeah, it did create, it created that, that bit of interest uh, on, on a national level, I suppose, you know. And I remember the headline was,
0: Hindi do well. <laughs> <laughs> R- Ryland, you were laughing about the interview. With Oh yeah, yeah, I mean
2: it was it was I I'd never done anything like that before, and I don't suppose you had either, Paul, did you? I mean we were just they just stuck a microphone in our face, you know, over by the nets, and um, we had Paul and I had some terrible stick afterwards from the from the rest of the team. One of the one of them unkindly said we sounded like Bill and Ben the flowerpot man, you know, the <laughs> two of us. But, um, yeah, so I am got
0: great memories of Should we move on a little bit and uh, talk about the Macy Shield final? I don't know whether that took place before the Swansea game or after it, but again, Ashish was was pretty significant in that game for the team. We were we were probably the underdogs in the final because we were playing Newport,
1: who were were one of the top Western League sides at the time, and. Uh, they were up there with, with the, some of the better you know, sides in, in, the, in the Western League. Um, we'd had a good history in this competition. It was our fourth final in five years, uh, this particular final. So it was a competition that that, that we took seriously. We batted, we batted first. Ashish he scored his 50. Mike Powell had, uh, had a decent knock. He ended up with 40, 43 not out. Young Matthew Morris chipped in. And, and we ended up with a reasonable 158 for five. Off the of the of our 20 overs and Newport in reply were 68 for two at half at the halfway mark. So, so they needed um they needed a 90 off the last 10 really, uh, which was which was quite a tall order. Obviously, Ashish bowl with the Ashish bowling as well, he took wickets as well as uh scoring a 50. And like his 300, there was a, a decent crowd down at yeah, the, yeah, half. Uh, Ry- Rylan obviously kept wicked in our game and, and has got uh, would have some reflections as well yeah I mean I suppose we were the, we were, were the end
2: of the doctor really but we did have Ashish you see, say even though he could only bowl four overs in our competition uh, and I think he bowled towards the end at least some of them which made it difficult for them the, the, I looked at the Newport side they had a good side I mean, the, the three Knight brothers and a a chap called Roger Clitherow kept wicked who played for Cambridge University I think and, and so they had a pretty good team out but i think i did i do think we played well and um uh, and deserved to win but uh, that that was in its day uh, um quite a prestigious um competition all, all the teams in, in the county of um, monmouthshire went entered and um the final was quite an occasion uh, and it was that that evening i remember it well
0: yeah. and you finished
2: third in the three three counties league Yeah got that right uh, it was it was tight i mean Esk, i i looked it up ascot when uh, kington lost two and we lost three um and, I, and as i as i said before kington were a strong team at that time ask um what a good team I, 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 i'm pretty sure at that time they had a west indian called Tennyson roach him paul I mean, he was a, he was a good cricketer you know he bowled sharp and um, and batted yeah so you know it, it, it was it, it it was we were, when we lost to Wesk, I mean, I don't know whether if we'd have beaten Wesk that day, we'd have won it. It was pretty, all pretty tight, and, and, and it was, it, it, you know, we were in the driving seat for a lot of that game.
0: Ashish is 300. Is, does that still remain a, a, um, a ground record, a club record?
2: Oh, it must, must do.
0: Most definitely.
2: <laughs> I mean, I can't remember anybody scoring 200 for the club. Can you, I don't think anybody anybody has.
1: No, I'm pretty certain that's the case. I don't. I don't think there's been a double centurion centurion on the on the ground uh, club from club club point of view ever.
0: Yes, incredible. It wasn't the only incredible innings at the ground that summer. Glamorgan hosted Gloucestershire, I think, in August. Were, were either of you around to watch any of that game? Oh, we were, yeah, We were all around. There. I mean, everybody sort of skipped in around the club doing different
2: jobs. So I'd have thought. Um, certainly, I was. I mean, I. Sometimes these games get blurred.
0: There were so many of them,
2: but th- that was you know, for the number of runs scored. That was an immense one, you know.
0: And this is uh, a, this was a young Andrew Simmons. Andrew I think,
2: Simmons, yeah. I mean, um,
0: who who beat the world record of the yeah, number of yeah. sixes in a in a first-class innings?
2: I think you say about that is for county cricketers, you know, um, straight down the ground, one end of Avenue Road is is, is a is not a great hit, you know. Um, I don't want to diminish it in any way, but they. they you know they were hitting it in the. He was hitting it in the garden for fun, really.
1: The ground, as you know, uh, Stephen is has uh, got a peculiar shape to it. The short straight boundary, uh, um, when you're batting, you stood batting at the Avenue Road end, uh, is is not much of a hit, whereas this the opposite is uh, is a, a, when you're batting at the other side, when you're batting at the brook, the brook end is quite a long hit to uh, a straight uh, for a straight six. So. I suppose it swings and roundabouts. Um, when he came into bat, actually, they were um, seventy-nine for five, and at the close of play, they were three hundred and seventy-three for seven. <laughs> and uh, put a different complexion on the day. I should say uh, it, it was. And uh, during that time, all the county games, and as Rylan said earlier, you know, we, we got a lot of press about the pitch, and the ground, and the state of the, the state of the the wicket. There were thousands and thousands of runs scored there when Worcester were playing there, when Gloucester were playing there. You know, there was always lots of runs scored on the ground. And I think in that particular game, it was over 1,500 runs scored uh, in, in, in in the, in the three-day or four-day of the competition. Yeah, I think
0: Matthew Maynard scored 100 innings in Glamorgan's second innings. That's right, yeah. And, they, they,
1: you know, we've got a hundreds board in the club, you know, from, all, from, from 1981 to when they stopped playing there. Of all the centurions, um, you know, and there's some pretty impressive names on it. You know, Graham Hick, and in factual fact, believe it or not, uh, the Trabanus Terra, the fast bowler. I'm trying to Gregory Thomas.
0: Oh yeah, Lord, made maiden first class century there. <laughs> when you look back now at that season, gents, was it particularly outstanding for you as players, or were there other seasons or other periods that were that 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 you remember? Um, as fondly or or, or with with, um, you know stronger feelings about? It was very successful the only thing we didn't win was the Three Counties
2: League we won uh, the Three Counties Cup Monmouthshire Knockout Cup and we we won another competition which was another regional one in Liverpool and that's Thought so three three competitions out of four is that, is that correct?
1: We we won the, the Welsh Cricket Championship as well. Um, oh,
2: that I say four to five then.
1: Yeah, four <laughs> to five. For me, it was it, it'll be always go down as one of my most memorable seasons. But there's certainly been plenty of others, and with the interest I've got in the history of the club, not necessarily from my own involvement, but from reading about it, you know, there have been a number of uh, years where the people of that era would have said that that was the best time that the club's ever had, you know. Um, uh, Brian Shackleton was captain when we won the Three Counties League in 1975, and that would have been another sensational um, season for the club, you know. But from the time I played, um, that, that's one that sort of sticks in my memory more than most of the, most of the others. But you live in the moment, and they're, they're all quite enjoyable when, when you've been successful.
0: One of the junior teams uh, at the club also won um, a competition that season in 1995, and I did notice looking at the the history, at the uh, the awards uh, evening, um, a, a young Mark Wallace was given a Young Player of the Season award. Mark was 13 when he in that
2: season. I remember at the start of the year, uh, the second team captain coming to me and saying, "Look, I haven't got a wicketkeeper this year." Can I give mark a go so um that's what happened and i, I can um I clearly remember the, the the evening after his debut i had been playing away and I walked into the um any, um clubhouse and um mark um, immediately rushed over to me I assumed naturally he wanted to tell me that he'd you know he'd got a few victims or scored a few runs uh, but my um my assumption was wildly wrong because uh, what he said was, um, uh, Dad, Dad, I've, uh, I've just tasted Leighton's lager and I like it. Will you get me a pint? <laughs> <laughs> so I got, him a, I got him a half of lager shandy. But um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's, it's quite an interesting development, actually, because the following year, he, you see, he played all that year. He batted 10 or 11, age 13, but he kept for 45 overs which is a, it's just a, a tough ask for a, for a youngster. And the following year, he stayed in the second team, batted about six. And th- on the third year, so this time he's 15, and it's 1997, he's opening the batting in, the do of any seconds, and keeping wicket. And by this time, he was scoring a lot of runs, including, I remember, one weekend, two league games, 100 in both. So what he meant was, by the time he went up the first in the next year, he could keep wicket and bat very high. He was very well
0: handled, really. Did you coach him, Ryland, or did you try? And oh, when he, well, when he when he
2: was when he was a kid, he was you know always coming down the nets, coming down the nets. But I mean, quite you know quite quickly he moved on. I mean, by the age of fourteen, he was playing for Wales under 16s with Tom Cartwright. He'd been by the time he was sixteen. He'd been been sucked into the England setup as well. That was his progress, and and he was he was actually signed by Glamorgan in the in the summer. He was sixteen after GCSEs, so um, that that, that was you know. But remarkably, uh, and this is interesting, that that he he made his debut for Glamorgan seconds at the age of fifteen before he'd ever played and I think of any first eleven league match. He had, a, he had a very different development to Mike Powell, you see, say, because Mike, in that season 1995, Mike was 18 years old. He wasn't in the Glamorgan set up, but clearly, I think, I, think he, I think Paul had written somewhere that he would captained Wales 19 or so whatever. Mike had a good season when Ashish was with us, scored quite a lot of runs. The following season, he had an even better one. When actually he had gone. There was more emphasis, it was more honest than he had to score runs there, actually. Then he went to to um to Brisbane for a for a, for a winter. And then the following year he scored more runs again. So so what got Mike into the Glamorgan setup was sheer weight of runs playing for Abergavenny. And I, I remember a a coincidence actually that the day that Mark made his debut for Glamorgan seconds as a little kid. Um, down in Swansea, I was down there with him, and I and I was Mike was making his Glamorgan first team debut, and uh, I was following on CFAX and Mike scored two hundred not out against Oxford University. Um, so we're you know we're, we're immensely proud of, of the development of both of them. I would say the club is you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and even in a minor way, you know, we we're going to claim some credit for Geraint Jones, who was with us. Paul was it three years, nineteen ninety nine, two hundred two 2001? That's right. Yeah, and he captain for one year. He he arrived simply because he 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 met up with one of our players out in Australia, a lad called Owen Dawkins, and Owen brought him back to uh, to stay with Owen for the summer, play for us, and work in a local chemist from Abergavenny That he that he, that he just wrote around all the counties. to be a trial. Kent he, did, and, and Kent did, and then four years later, he's playing in the Ashes
0: team. Um, in that famous 2005 series, Just to try and kind of move towards a conclusion, gents, what, how important do you think it is that clubs have a history that includes uh, the history of successful players but also of, 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 of successful teams? How important is that for developing a culture around success and improvement amongst the players that are playing you know today now?
2: I, th- I think you, you, you attract players if, you, if you're successful and honor. And um, I, I think, I think um, some of them might say, look, you know, if, um, if, if if local people like Mark Wallace and Mike Powell can do it, then I've got a chance. And um, I do think success beats success. Uh, and I, I think, you know, and um, yeah, I, I think it's hugely important, to be honest. I, I agree as well.
1: And uh, I, th- I personally think uh, the history... The history of the club is important, I think. Uh, in years to come, long after I'm I'm gone, I'm hoping that uh, people will be talking about the likes of uh, Mark and Mike in the same, same breath as they were talking about um, Malcolm Nash uh, prior to that. And hopefully there'll be youngsters... And there is a group of talented youngsters there at the moment. And I'm very hopeful that one or two of those might uh, make their mark in the, in the first-class game in, in, in a few years to come, you know. And we have certainly invested heavily in um, the development of youngsters, young girls' teams as well this year. And uh, with the stars, the all-stars and uh, the Dynamos, um, you know, the club is, is heavily committed to making sure that, youngsters have got access to um, to cricket uh, and and to see where it can take them you know I mean
2: i I, I think going back to 1995 that was a, obviously a very successful season um, when winning, winning all those competitions but what we we're able to do then it was was to build on that success in a in a slightly different way um the Ashies didn't come back the following year he had other uh, commitments I understand but there was there was an inspired uh, choice of his successor um somebody very different a chap called Brad Murphy from uh, from Brisbane he arrived he knew he he was coming after a test player and he said look i'm no Arshis kapoor but i'll give you what i got and he was the most fantastic coach uh he made the place absolutely buzz a uh, huge influence on the on on youngsters uh you see him he'd have them lined up 30 40 50 of them uh he, so he put an enormous amount into that and he and you remember this he, he actually change, changed changed the, the the first team as well because what he introduced and uh, and, uh, and uh, people bought into it was and this was not then at that time that we would be we would be Ready to warm up an hour before the start. We'd do a little bit of jogging round, a bit of fielding, a bit of batting or bowling, and then he'd have us sat down and right boys, um, what are we going to do today? What do we want to do? You know, and we'd have targets where do we want to be after 15 overs? Where do you want to? And um, so home and away that happened. And I remember occasions when we'd be at a, an away ground warming up. All in our shorts and t-shirts, and um, the opposition the, the home team were, were then arriving. And it is quite daunting and um Brazil, of course, is enormous. Um yeah, yeah, he was he was with us in
1: '96, '97, and two thousand and
2: one. Enthusiasm was unbelievable. Looking back now, the nineteen nineties, I have no doubt about this, was a was a golden age, Rabbi any. The three counties leagues came to an end in nineteen ninety-eight, and in nineteen ninety-nine back in South Wales and the the South East Wales Premier League was one of the leagues founded and and we won that in the first year which included the likes of Newport and Cardiff Paul yeah must have And so we really built on on 1995
0: I think Um, perhaps it's only fair to finish if that's okay with um, any abiding memories you have of Ashish from that year, Paul? Other than what we've already discussed from the playing point of view, um he was uh,
1: he was a really good he used to disappear after the game, but he'd turn up an hour or so later um in in the club and he was he was really good company. Um he used to like to have a little um, a little tipple, and nothing excessive, but he would he would have a drink and share a drink. We had a, a tremendous Indian uh, send-off for him. We had an Indian night, we called it, and um, all the local Indian community turned up there. We had traditional Indian um, uh, banquet, uh, all, all Indian uh, Indian recipes and um, a menu, and that went down a storm. There must have been about 150 to 200 people there. My final memory of him was uh, we took him to the station to take for him to catch the train to go to London for the plane. Uh, in, and he was, he was in the back of a lorry with myself and uh, Ray Hamer uh, uh, dri- driving, uh, sharing the driving of the, this lorry. And that's how we we saw this test player off.
2: <laughs> My abiding memories, he, he, was, he was just a terrific professional, you know, in, uh, in, in the way he went, went about things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you ever so much, gents. And thank you for giving okay. us your time. It's really appreciated. OK, best. no problem. Uh, and okay. all the best and uh, take care, you and your families. Hope you have a lovely summer 2022. Excuse me. All right. Bye-bye to that. Bye now. Bye. Many thanks to Paul and Ryland for giving up their time and their memories. In our next episode, we talk to a Welshman from Merthyr who managed to get on the ground staff at Lord's and played alongside future Glamorgan cricketers Stephen Barwick and John Derrick, as well as future Warwickshire and England all-rounder Dermot Reeve. This all sounds pretty remarkable anyway, before you learn that he did it all with only one arm. So do join us next time when Paul Crump will be telling us about his cricketing and sporting life, which has just been captured in a book called One Armed and Dangerous. He'll be telling some more stories about the great game of cricket from the great country of Wales. Bye for now. Would you like a history of our league? You can contact us at email on Facebook Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or on Twitter at Welsh Cricket Pod. Do you have a story you'd like to share with us? If so, please contact email mwcpod1921@gmail.com. Or go to our Facebook page, Museum of Welsh Cricket Podcast, or our Twitter, at Welsh Cricket Pod.